0: to episode 3 of The Zapped to the Past. My name is Adrian Mills and I am joined as ever by... Graham Raddings. This is a podcast all about the Commodore 64 and the games that were released for it. As you may well be aware, there were thousands of games released for the machine. So, to bring some order to this chaos, we are basing each episode uh, on the games that were reviewed in a certain issue of the seminal Commodore 64 magazine, Zap 64. We are in no way affiliated with the magazine, but we are using it as a handy guide to select the games to look at in each episode one last thing please to know is that there are a couple of swear words that do crop up every now and again we're not the sweariest of podcasts i have to say but there is the odd little one that does slip through in the heat of the moment it's nothing major but if it is an issue then obviously please be warned that the odd one will slip through so in this episode we are looking at the games released in issue three of zap which was the sunny month of July 1985. Graham, what exactly can we expect in this episode? In this episode, we look at Defend Drop Zone,
1: where we wander around collecting stuff in a load of arcade adventures, not all of them good, Knockout and Circus Circus go head-to-head for which game is the crappiest. and AD gets outraged by an Amazon
0: warrior. So, with that out of the way, let's move in to our first game. <laughs> which is the cover uh, game for this issue, which was Drop Zone. Okay, and Drop Zone. Um, what do we say about Drop Zone? It was a gold medal in this issue. Uh, one of two, in fact, um, a rare occurrence um, in, the, in the magazine. Um, Drop Zone is, well, it's, it's Defender. Let's not beat around the bush. It's a version of Defender. Um, what it is, though, is a brilliant version of defender um this is uh you know taking defender and adding some bells and some whistles and some nicer visuals and, and everything that, that that could be done to it uh keeping the speed uh keeping the responsiveness um and keeping everything that made uh, defender great and and somehow making this brilliant on the and run like a dream on the commodore 64 Do you agree, Graham? I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yes, I agree. It's Defender with a spaceman, um, but no doubt. And Hmm. but it was it was fast. It was it's Defender, and I really like Defender. It's one of my favourite arcade games. Um, Has been very ever since our very first one of the first games I ever played in the arcade. I think really properly. Um, It is super repetitive, but it's Defender, so it's just maniac crazy stuff going on. And you get that with the uh, with Drop Zone. I think it really captures that really well. In fact, if anything, I, I would argue it's perhaps a little bit more playable than the arcade because the arcade tended to have a little bit too much frantic stuff going on at once and you could very quickly get overwhelmed. So, yeah, I, I really liked it. I don't know that there's a lot to say about it, though. That's the problem with Defender. It's it's a very simple game in its in its makings.
2: Well,
0: I think one of the things that Drop Zone did, I mean, if we could talk about the cover, because this is the cover game, mm-hmm. um, after last, last week's uh, cover, the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, distressing theater Europe cover, <laughs> the gory um, masterpiece. <laughs> the, the, absolutely the the rotting face of uh, nuclear war. It was gory. Um, th- this this is a much more uh, in line with what the first issue was. sort of you know, it's, it's, it's trying to sort of bring you know, drop zone to a to a cover, and it's quite sci fi. There's some spaceships and stuff and shooting. It's good, but it's nothing. I think after the previous issue, they probably someone had had a, someone had, had a word uh, somewhere and going oh. Yeah, Oi, tone turn, turn that down! No, no more rotting faces. Um, and so this is much more in keeping with what probably a you know a, a, a com- computer magazine cover would be like. I think in probably 1985. Um, so I think there's that. Um, what I think this does do is um, it updates the controls of Defender. I ne- that's one of the biggest problems I ever had with Defender is I never liked the controls. Um, if I remember rightly, and, and, and it's been a while sort of thing, but you pressed a button to flip direction, didn't you, in yeah, Defender? Yeah, exactly And right, I And yeah. I never liked that, because then you'd zoom across the other side of the screen, and and and, and, and I, I, I could never get on with it. It, it. it was always the thing of that game that always bugged the crap out of me. I don't yes. know if you felt the
1: same. Or... Yeah, I could completely agree. That's when I say that kind of frantic control, because um, you've got, I think in the original arcade, you have a joystick, I think but you've certainly got like a shoot button and then you have a turn essentially. So when and but when you turn it shoots across the screen and it kind of almost put the brakes on and hits but it is you know if you've got busy stuff going on and your your hand eye coordination's that of mine um you're not heading into any great uh, long scores let me tell you when it flies around like that.
0: Yeah because I think you had you had a shoot. If it was the the I think the stick only moved you up and down. Mm. So you had shoot thrust um, and and flip, I suppose, was, yeah, three buttons if I remember rightly. And flip would, you would you would stay where you were, but you would actually move across the screen because then the screen would change, move with you. Yeah. This just gets away with that sort of thing by just keeping you pretty central. Yeah. Um, in moving up and down and then moving this ground. Um, and and I think that adds a lot to it. It makes this game feel much more controllable. It's still bloody hard. But you know, mm. Let's not beat around the bush. You know, playing playing it. Um, what well, did you did you get very far? Um, um in your replay? Well. Yes and no, because it's one of those games you never really feel like
1: you're getting anywhere. And about that, I mean, it's just kind of you have to pick the people up, drop them in the little base, um, you do that, and there's, if once you've collected enough people, you move on to the next level where there's more enemies and more people to pick up, and it just does that forever. There's no change of variety. There's little neat touches in here, um, and it felt it actually felt like a, a bit like a mishmash of um, of jetpack, which was that old ultimate c um, old ultimate Spectrum game. So it had a sprite from Jetpack, but it had the the kind of the gameplay and the sprites from Defender. Um, and there's nice little touches. There's a nice little animation, some nice little animations on the Spaceman. We know, he waves at you in the in-between bits and stuff like that. But um, it's It's one of those games, how far did I get? Well, it's more like, how long did you last with this game? And I think mm. that's, um, which is no, you know, it, when you're playing an arcade, there's that desire that you want to pump another, you know, bit more money in and play it with this because it doesn't have that. I don't know what its longevity would be. It's great to look at and play, but I don't know. It's not a game you're going to go back to over and over again and just try and get... This time I'm going to get play for another seven hours and get to level 750. It's You know, because it's just more of the same. At least, as far as I'm aware, I've never made it past level five, I don't think, ever, on any of the versions. <laughs> so there might be some great um, yeah. thing at level six I've never seen.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think that does change. I mean, level four, you get the the trailer level. It's called something called the trailer level, and everything's blue, and it's full, full of those... Um, it's full of those because this is the thing. What it did, it, 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 it you know, it didn't just replicate Defender. Um, it did add some new elements. There's, I mean, if you look at the reviews, that there's nine enemies compared to the original six. Yeah. And one of those is that really annoying, like wiggly worm type yeah. thing. Oh God's sake! Um, so <laughs> for, for anyone that doesn't know, the, the point of the original Defender was that you know you were going across a landscape, shooting aliens. You had little people lugging across the bottom, and you had to protect them. Um, and if they got picked up by the by landers, they would get turned into mutants, which would come homing in on you really fast. This changed it slightly in the fact that your your little guys, then that little guys, a little uh, blob, uh, the little sort of orbs, um, which does beg the question sort of thing because it, you're supposed to be picking up. I read the story, and you're you're supposed to be picking up uh, men in these. There's, they're supposed to be in those blue orbs that are rolling along the landscape, and you take them back to thing, which does beg the question: How big are you? <laughs> um, Just, because yeah. you're you're is it, massive. Is what big uh, spaceman? Right. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Is this some? Is this some freak of nature, or what, is this some <laughs> massive so, something, or is it a spacecraft you create? I mean, it, you know, it's it's got a. Is it like a dash of jetpack thrown in? Um, yeah, I which I, I, awesome. I, I, I thought, you know, from a visual standpoint. The, if we talk about the visuals, I think the visuals are, are, are great mm. uh, compared to what we you know. Defender had that just a, a basic line for the landscape. It's got really nice sort of bitmap landscape mm. scrolling at the bottom. Looks lovely, sort of thing. All the all the, everything moves so fast. It's so quick. Um, and so smooth. And like when we've talked about in the last few, I mean, the last couple of episodes about games not feeling responsive or feeling sluggish or feeling this because. You know, the 64 had a very you know relatively slowish processor. This just does away with that. It's like away with you. No, no, we're, this is this is some kind of souped-up monstrosity. And and, and Archie McLean, who made it, um, it was his first game released on the 64. He he originally made it for the um, Atari, uh, was it the Atari 100, 400, one of them two, the XL. So. And and sp- supposedly when when he said oh he's bring it to the 64, people scoffed at him. They said you'll never do it. And like about about five months later, there it was. Well, you see, there's the age-old adage: never challenge Archer McLean
1: to do anything on a computer he's not familiar with, because he's just going to do it and do it really well. And that seems to be a theme with Archer McLean throughout his whole programming life.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does do um, several games down the line, which obviously we will probably all be looking at because mm. the, the guy was some kind of uh, you know programming engineer, he was just incredible. you yes, know. And uh, He did a ser- series of games across the eight-bit machines that that. Like like drops, they stand up. They stand up today because they're just you know really really well designed and programmed. Yeah. He was a bit a bit very very clever guy in that respect. Um, it's, it's you know and this feels really inspired by the arcade game. We know it's inspired by Defender, but the way it looks as well that the the really nice title screen. Um, you know, it's not got any music. Not that I was aware of. Not that heard. No, not just orally. the original Defender. No, it doesn't. Orally, it's quite simple sort of thing. But it has what it needs. It has yeah. exactly what it needs. Um, I like the title screen, the way that drop zone, that second drop zone drops out of it. Some nice touches, the high mm. score table. I like getting a rank yep. for how high you got. That's nice. I think, you know, my high score was only 23,000. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, my, my Twitch gaming skills are are, are well past me. Um, <laughs> um, but I was happy with what I got. I got to the fourth level, which was that trade level, and then like Twitch is loads of those blue wiggly worms. And Yes. Um, yeah. It is... Uh, it's you know everything. My notes are brilliant, fast, responsive. Just that's it. It's yeah. it, it's 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 a great great arcade. Not conversion because it's not it's not Defender. You know for obviously you know legal reasons. Um, but it takes Defender and it makes it you know it updates it because the Defender was what when was when was Defender nineteen eighty eighty one yeah 82? it's quite an early arcade game yeah 1981, 70s, I think like 70s. Na-
1: 1981, yeah.
0: I yeah around there. So this is four years later. And 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 looks it. I think it's a great yeah. game. I don't know. I, I think it's brilliant. Uh, uh, you know, I enjoyed going back to it. And you know, one of those games where you're thinking, is it is it still going to be as good? Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, I um, I went to a, an arcade. We're going back some time now, and the original Defender was in there. Um, and I played it then. I got the same feeling that you do when you play a game that you you know you, it's there's nothing really to dislike about it at all. And so Drop Zone is the same. It, you're right. It's not Defender. It is Defender in its sort of I, a general idea, but there's nice little like extra touches that make it a bit different. Um, I think it's missing some of the sound power that um, the Williams Arcade has. But then again, you, there's no Eugene Jarvis at this point on the C64. Mm-hmm. But at the same yeah. time, you know that he is a unique individual and brought a unique kind of sound power to the games that he was part of. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you would you would never have been able to replicate that, even with a SID chip at that time in that way, because arcades sound like they do with big speakers and amps and all the rest of the stuff they probably put in that. But other than that, you've got a very competent programmer doing a really elite job of a game that definitely deserved its gold medal as far as i was concerned. It was just great and playable and instantly, and compared to some of these other games that we've <laughs> played for this particular issue of the podcast it's shining light so let me tell you
0: yeah yeah this starts on a, on a very good high, it's a high. Yeah, and I was <laughs> it's a high high yeah and I was very um, very uh, very happy to go back to it and find it was still just as good so yeah yes. drop zone massively yeah excellent excellent good <laughs> okay so from drop zone into our second game of the uh, of the cast, we look at, um, well, Roland's Rat Race. Graham, can <laughs> tell us about Roland's Rat Race?
1: Well, I'm going to start this off by just saying, and I suppose really, actually, to, before I even do that, um, let's start this off with, because people are going to wonder, some people may wonder, what on earth is Roland Rat? <laughs> so just let's just very quickly, the TLDR of Roland Rat is that at the time... GMTV, which was Good Morning Television, was desperate for viewers. They were desperate. They simply were losing ground on the breakfast shows, and they brought in a—I um, don't know if it's a puppet or a man dressed as a rat or both—but anyway, a <coughs> character, a, a puppet-based version of character that um, I don't even know what he did on Good Morning Television. Actually, I guess he presented it in some way. I, I, I'm not a big advocate or follower of what Roland Rat did. I just know that it expanded this from what was essentially a guy in a rat suit to a guy in a gerbil suit to them going on wild adventures. And hey, presto, there's a video game made. Um, so the story is, this is a TV personality <laughs> of a type, right? Turned into a game. The, the the idea of the game is that you have to go through all the different sewers to collect all the various parts of, I think it's the um, recording or something. You have to get collect, I can't, we have to collect them, but you have to collect all these parts so that you can get to the TV studios before the beginning of your show and there's an... All these various different creatures and things in the sewers that are trying to prevent you do that, um, and that was the game. So it's wandering around the underground sewers of London, trying to collect things in order to be able to do your GMTV show. Um, so that's the premise. Weird, beyond belief. I know it's weird, but that said, <laughs> um, so even as, even if you had an affinity for Roland Rat, which I didn't, um, as much as this game is a bit, uh, it's okay it's not terrible because it's kind of okay i never liked rolling out. the graphics are okay it's kind of medium resy reasonably colorful there's lots of wandering around tunnels to collect things and to do stuff so it's a big old tunnel based maze quite a jaunty soundtrack uh, it was fun ish but the screens kind of all look the same after a while so you start to get cuz the the logic of the going in and out of the tunnels and going left and right you can very quickly lose which direction you went in from the tunnel in and it just gets a bit bit much after a while so i i didn't feel like it had a lot of longevity with me and i still to this day do not understand the humor of roland rat so which means that any jokes that were in there completely bypassed me because i i was never part of the joke to begin with so you no, know, um i was never a rat fan is what i believe they were called rat fans but what about you what, we, we, mean,
0: yeah, we you were rat i i i was I was indeed a Rat fan um, <laughs> back in uh, 1985. Uh, it was not GMT, it was TVAM. Oh, yeah. was um, one yeah, of those things. Yeah, yeah, it's the early one sort of thing. But yeah, TVAM were on the thing and, and along came this very creature that saved them. Um, and this is, um, I'm not going to say it's a great game, but yeah, I
2: was—I
0: uh, had a certain affinity for Roland Rat. I, 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 I did enjoy the, the TV show with uh, Kevin the Gerbil and, and Errol. I can't remember what Errol was. Um the hamster i think i think it was a hamster yeah, yeah. um probably um and it was a, a bizarre sort of weird kids tv program that was yeah that that, that was then transformed into some strangely dull sewer adventure mm. <laughs> which which was like kind of you know it um it, it, it is what it is it, it, i think you've summed it up nicely this sort of thing you you wander around some sewers you actually collect the whole point is that you've um uh you you've missed the taxi to get to the studio and, and 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 Errol and um uh Errol uh, well, Errol and Kevin have been kidnapped something and you've got to get them back by finding all the parts to a doorway which will allow you to get them back now um there's some, some some certain little bits of nice touches the fact your your energy goes down very slowly and the reason it goes down slowly is because um Roland is upset because Errol and Kevin have been kidnapped <laughs> which is a strange concept but that's what it is um you i think you're right it is very very easy to get turned around there's two levels to the sewer did you get down to the bottom level uh i didn't make it that far i have to say i didn't know you find it you, you find a manhole cover and you go down a manhole and there's a there's a lower a whole lower level which is just as confusing but what there is on the lower level um is a a, a subway train that goes across the bottom of the tracks um and one of the things just to mention sort of thing, uh for some reason, that I this may have come from the show, I don't, I don't remember, Roland is armed with a glue gun. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I, I wonder what he was firing. It is glue, isn't it? Is, it is glue, yeah. I mean, it could be mistaken for anything, really, but it is glue, and it does, and you are chased, basically, the only enemies that chase you sort of thing are these day-glow Dayglo shoes um, that wander around the sewers for some strange reason. Um, you can freeze them temporarily with the glue gun, um, but you need to pick up... Uh, it's It's got, it's got to get a finite amount of shots You need to pick up more glue uh, But one thing you can do is you can fire the glue on the tracks And it will stop the train And you can then get on that train And when you do get on that train, that's a great piece of music It's so oh. hidden But it's actually the best piece of music in the whole game okay. <laughs> It's a really weird sort of thing But it's this, and, you, and what that train does, it just goes through every screen So you can just stay on it indefinitely Listening to this bit of music Which is great, which is kind of what I did for about 10 minutes Um <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if that's much of an indictment on the game, I don't know. Um, but it is a, a really nice tune. Um, and then you can get off, uh, don't get hit by the train though, so I think you lose loads of energy and probably die. Um, it's one of those games, it's made by Ocean and it's a, I think it's, it's an, it looks like an Ocean game. It's got those big black outlines around the sprites, um, which would play things like Daily Thompson and Rambo, um, and things like that. Um, it just looks like one of their games. It sounds like one of their games. I'm pretty sure this is Galway. It is, Matt and um, Galway. I thought so. So I think as soon as that opening crescendo came on for the title screen, you were like, oh, and then it drops into that tune. And that tune is one of the most earworm tunes he ever wrote. Because I've even before I played this, I hummed that still to this day. <laughs> and I don't, I don't ever listen to the Rat Race. It's, it's a terrible tune, but God damn it, it's an earworm um it's it's not terrible it's just a bit bland and a bit weird and it, i think you know i don't know i think they had a they had a concept that they shoved roland right into
1: yes maybe i quite agree yeah um, i i funny enough, funny you say that actually because i felt that um exactly that this felt like it could have been any character in that you know it mm. i mean it, it looked kind of like a rat I also felt, so it, it, could have been, it, it could have been any character in that game, it just happened to be they made it into a and rat game. So I think you're right, I think they maybe had this in the, someone had created this if, maybe a year before and gone, I've got I've still got them levels I made with them sewers, that'd be handy to put a rat in. Um, yeah. But um, mm. I also thought that, um, I thought the sprites were just a bit small. I thought it would have just benefited from having a slightly bigger rat that maybe looked
0: a bit more like rolling rat as opposed to just kind of a mouse. I think that was the thing. It? I mean, if you think about games like Daily Thompson and, and Rambo, um, their sprites are very similar. Mm. They're, they're they're tiny sprites. They don't particularly go for big sprites in those games. And I no. think it's maybe just an uh, that's just an Ocean style. Mm. Um, uh, there's probably other games as well that you know around this period of Ocean that probably look the same. Yeah. Um, I just think it's just one of them things. It just it just smacks of Ocean Ocean software. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. You know, uh, they did some great games. They did some not so games, great. but this this is this is somewhere in the middle, and it's yeah. just a it's a, it's a weird fit. But I think yeah, Sewer's Rat. Yeah, I <laughs> think yeah. someone said yeah, but it's actually a really fun thing that does loads of crazy adventures. No, Sewer's Rat. Well, it was it was also, and
1: we'll come to some more of this kind of thing, I think. But for for me, it was also the big, and this particularly in this episode of the podcast, it was the beginning of the walk around finding stuff games <laughs> because it was the first one of the walk around finding stuff games that we pl- I played in the uh, it's the list of games that we play for this so uh, it was the first one and it sort of set a, you know I was thinking okay this is alright as a as a one off I don't mind these kind of games every now and again <laughs> as I discovered there's more there's more in them there hills there's always,
0: there's always more of this i mean this is <laughs> Dunder, dunderack yes uh, not dunderack sorry turn on An- turn on og yes dunderack was the sequel that's turn it off um there's uh everyone's a wally yes there's just seemed to be a lot of them but you know what it was all
1: right it's an ocean game so you kind of it had a bit of a quality stamp on and you kind of felt that so it had good music a good musician it had good graphics you know it, you know decent uh, sort of opening screens and things like that you know if you got the take version you're going to get that ocean load of music and you know it's some nice visuals and all of those sort of component parts of ocean games which kind of made it feel like you'd bought a bit more than just a game so but uh as for Roland rat well no, i'm uh, i was never a rat fan but you were a rat fan i didn't know that about you i don't know why that has never come up in <laughs> <me>. many many <laughs> years i've it? known you that you've <laughs>
0: never confessed I mean... <laughs> to me that you were a Roland rat fan well <laughs> why would it Anyway, i was what 12 12th when he when he was around so yeah i think it was just a few of us was i used to do a mean and rat impression which i'm not going to do now <laughs> um but um yeah i used
2: to
0: <coughs> rap beans <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually not bad that's hey, that's, that's pretty good <laughs> From what, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert but uh... <laughs> yeah um, and uh, I won't do the the wealth devil, sort of thing, because It's just gonna sound bad. No, um, but yes, it was it was a fun time, and I, I like Roland Rat at the time, and I think that that endeared me to the game to like it probably more than I um more than I did. And uh, also, as well, this is um, one of the few original games where I actually had the original. We bought yeah. it well, as a rat fan, you would, <laughs> yeah, I would do, yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> was plaguing my brother for it. So there you go, <laughs> The Roland Rat Race, it's okay, it's all right, you know, it's it's I think if you the tune will drive you mad yes there you go um okay however mm. yeah so yeah go play it it's alright mm. okay um onwards and downwards <laughs> 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 rapid de- I hope you'll rapid agree decline <laughs> this is like from yeah this is such a fast slide down from the brilliant to the mediocre to the oh my crap <laughs> Um, so the next game we're looking at is the title I'd never heard of this Uh, this was all new to me Um, it was I would look forward to it because they got a tacky in the magazine it is uh, Cyphoid Cyphoid 9 that's correct Cyphoid 9 so um, uh, okay Cyphoid 9 is some uh, uh, do you remember the uh, the into the screen shooting level in Beachhead where the planes were coming at you and you had to raise your gun up and shoot them um, and, and not them out sort of thing. And that was a really nice, you know, shooting World War II planes, and that was quite nice. It controlled well and everything like that. Now imagine that, but crap. Uh, and in a sci-fi setting. Um, because that's Sci-Foid 9. Um, now, the first thing that will hit you with this game sort of thing um, is the title screen. Where that title screen came up, I was like, yeah, that's all right. That looks quite nice. There's some nice bitmap imagery. It's, this is not too bad. There's some spaceships flying around. I was like, that's that. presentationally, this is okay. Then I started the game and then it started scrolling. <laughs> and 10 and minutes later. Term, <laughs> yeah. And I used the term scrolling because it would like the, the top bit of the screen would scroll. Then the, the the next eight characters, then the next, and then the next, and the next. And it would take, for some reason, it was, I don't know why, it didn't just start where it was going to start if I release this game if I made this game and I was like right so we're starting here but I want you to start over there so I'm going to scroll it across and so my scrolling routine was that bad I'd kick that bit to the curb and just start you over there yes You know, get into the action first and foremost sort of thing um, because that scrolling sequence is just um, I, I mean that, that's my notes it just says oh no that's scrolling no <laughs> <laughs> that's my notes Pretty, that uh, shouldn't uh, be <laughs> <laughs> mine says Mine that's scrolling uh. <laughs> yeah, that's like that shouldn't be <laughs> no. no it shouldn't be <laughs> no uh so this is uh i mean oh God, it's a single screen wave-based shooter um the, the, the visuals are not terrible you know some nice you know nice chunky thing, but it's just dull as crap uh it's you know you move a cursor around you try and shoot every now and again one of your bullets will hit a, a, a spacecraft to do some kind of strange explosion, and then a bigger craft will come on, which you try and destroy. If you destroy it, it scrolls again. <laughs> the guy was obviously proud of his scrolling routine, so it scrolls back to where you started. No, fade to black, fade back up. Just <laughs> Anything. don't do that scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> so then you start shooting again. The it's exactly the same, um, and then if you don't manage to kill the big ship that comes up at the end, the Earth gets blown up in the distance. That was it? I was and, and then I, I I turned it off.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I think you did the right thing. Um I was initially elevated with hope. Um, <laughs> when I first saw the opening screen, albeit that it is basically they just redrawn the mothership from Batstar Galactica, the original series of Batstar Galactica, because it's just that mothership. So which looks kinda like um Like, uh, sort of, I had to describe, like, two domes upside down on each other. A bit like a... um, um, Oh, I can't remember. There's a little dessert that they look like. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So they they basically ripped the graphics from Battlestar Galactica. Okay, fair play. That happens in these things. Then the scrolling began. Um, And there were two things that happened at that exact, exact moment for me. One was... I think I must have got a look of horror. Now, I've programmed that Commodore 64. It has a chip... In it, with settings specifically for scrolling, smooth scrolling has an address on its graphic chip for that purpose. So why this chap didn't either utilise that or whatever? But I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so there was this kind of weird graphics at the bottom, kind of medium res moon graphics. Mm. So once that had finished scrolling for 10 minutes, the game began, and then it was just shooting what indistinguishable blocks of things that were supposed to be spaceships. They were kind of like brown paper airplanes. So they were kind of floating about and some of them really stupidly fast. So you just spent a lot of time trying to shoot that one at the end, a bit like a super fast space invader. Um And then, like you say, you got onto the next level, which was just shooting one of the motherships, which had shrunk in size from its enormity to something that was about the same size as a Commodore 64 sprite. Handily enough, one sprite big. Um, and then, so once you blew that up, it was just more of the same, and then I switched it off because I, I couldn't bear to see that scrolling again. Um, it held no mm-hmm. interest for me. It's not like it even had a radar or anything useful on it. or It was just rubbish. Um, and it, it actually, I thought, I thought the title sounded a bit like a hemorrhoid cream. So, <laughs> you, know, who's gonna, you know, I've got a right case of the syphoids. So um, I
0: just thought it was... Nine what, of them, in fact. Nine syphoids, too many for <laughs> me. It's like a doctor counting them. You got one One cyphoid, two cyphoid, three (laughs) cyphoid. Oh, there's nine up there. Well, it's supposed to be perspective-based shooting, but it wasn't even that because the spaceships
1: never really got anywhere near you. They just kind of stayed about the same distance away, but their bullets (laughs) did. Their bullets kind of zoomed towards you periodically. There was, and for some reason, they had the letter A on some of them. I'm still not exactly sure why, but anyway, (laughs) Um, I uh, didn't hang around too long to find out. I thought someone had taken all that time to redraw. The mothership from Battlestar Galactica, only to place it in a really rubbish game, mm-hmm. and I imagine that's not a happy chap at the end of that process. So it was is it, a is it
0: like two two walnut whips. Yeah,
1: essentially, yeah, it's the best. I mean, <laughs> you could Google Battlestar Galactica mothership, and you're going to see exactly that, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's the it is one. No, um, and I think <laughs> the the probably the little spaceships that came out of the Battlestar, uh, sorry, it came out of the mothership, were probably meant to look a bit like enemy fighters, although they actually unintentionally look like the the fighters of the actual Battlestar Galactica, so they look a bit more like those. So just Somebody was very confused about the Battlestar Galactica references.
0: I'm not going to knock it for Nick and Savoy. I mean, we've just praised a game that's essentially Defender. Oh, no, it's, um, uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's not that Nick did it, it bother me. It was just, just use them well. <laughs> yeah, it didn't use them well. It didn't use anything well. It's no. just a, a really boring, you know, pointless... Thing that that yes. that sort of thing needs to be fast, responsive, snappy, you know, quick moving. Yeah, and this and unfortunately, this none of those words apply to this. <laughs> not one of them. I'd have been not not a single horrified one. if I'd have paid money for that and loaded it.
1: Horrified. That'd have been going straight back to the med it wouldn't load. Be, that's where that would be going straight back. I, it wouldn't load. I don't know why. Something wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a, it's a bad one. It's it, it deserved that tacky. It's it. No. You know, it, it. We've looked at three games, there sort of thing. One is that you know, all programmed around the same time on the same machine, and ugh, yeah, Typhoid Nine is pff, Typhoid Mary, <laughs> <laughs> dreadful, awful game. So yeah, we're, that's a. I think it was. A, I think so far we're in we're in cahoots with Zap.
1: Yes, actually, <laughs> yes, we are. We're, 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 we're in agreement. Yes, we are yeah so brilliant good.
0: mediocre awful turd yeah tacky is right In fact, i wouldn't even yeah. go as far as tacky it was just awful mm, yeah it's a bad game yes um sorry if you made that You listen to this you <laughs> yeah. did a, you, you did a bad you. <laughs> you did a bad thing yeah
1: learn what the do16 does <laughs> learn it learn it well all right just learn learn about all, all about that little uh, address on that chip please on the vic chip please
0: <laughs> All right, so there we go. So there's our first three games. So we're going to take a break now, uh, and we will be back uh, in a brief moment um, after this interstitial whang with what was going on in the world uh, in July 1985. (laughs) Okay, and welcome back. Um, So what are we doing now? Yes, we're looking at some things that were going around in the world, uh, not going around, going on in the world, in July 1985. Um, Actually, it's not the world, it's the UK. We're UK-based, and this is for the UK. I keep saying the world, but it's the UK. Part of it stretches to a bit of the world. Well, actually, yeah, some of it will, um, and some of it does sort of thing. The the first first one I thought is, you know, worthy of a mention, Was uh, here in the UK, 13-year-old Ruth Lawrence achieved a first in mathematics at the University of Oxford, becoming the youngest British person ever to earn a first-class degree and the youngest known graduate at the university. 13. Fuck my life. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, 13. 13. She got a degree at 13. A first-class degree in mathematics at Oxford.
1: I wonder what she's doing now. (laughs) Don't know. Probably TikToking. <laughs> and earning money TikTok on only fans.
0: TikTok in, TikTok in wild math. <laughs>
1: that's amazing. What, a, what an achievement, though. And that's yeah. also, yeah. That's, I mean, that is for, to be thirteen and to be able to even think at that and be able to process things at that level. I mean, um, my eldest is doing mathematics degree and mathematics and physics, and, and it's just alien language what he's doing. I don't understand it at all, and never will. Um, no. So to do that at thirteen, I- is just mad. What was yeah, that? I remember what someone me... thirteen. What was when you were thirteen? What was the most complex mathematics or the complex thing you did?
0: did you... <laughs> uh, doing it, do can I say that on air? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suspect he wasn't. wasn't he <laughs> wasn't worrying about your exams from your first-class honors uh, degree. Uh, no, I suppose the most complex thing I was doing at the age of thirteen was trying to navigate the uh, sewers in Roland's Rat Race. <laughs>
1: Mapping as you went, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. No, no. I thirteen. What was that year? What was I? Year, year, what is it now? Year nine, year eight, year eight, I guess. Yeah. Uh, It was third year, third year for us. Um, I was proud about playing football, playing on a Commodore sixty four. Yeah. Wondering when where the Exploding Fist was going to come out. (laughs) Yeah, probably thirteen. Incredible. I thought it was worth the mention because, like,
1: you know, amazing. Do you know? I think around that time I was painting uh, Citadel miniatures and those miniatures at that time. I think. (laughs) You too many of them. Yeah, I, do, I always, always do that. That's the goes without saying always. that you end up with, nowadays, of course, you'd need a, a direct line to the bank manager if you were going to try and live that life. But uh, back then, and, you had and, little model shops that you could go and buy little miniatures from, and I think that was the mainstay of my life was trying to figure out how I could get money for brushes and paint. I didn't you know, certainly start now- figuring out
0: calculus. <laughs> no, you know, their paint is now safe to actually drink because it's so watered down. Yes, I believe they no. they, they make thick. paint. <laughs> That's thin. not true. Don't drink Don't drink <laughs> don't, the paint.
1: No, don't, I don't think it would harm you if you did drink it. It's water. But do you know what? I know that they do make thick and thin paint now. Some genius at the <laughs> manufacturer went, do you know how we can make twice as much money? Sell two kinds of the same paint. Just give them quirky names, you know, Tooth, Blood, Red and Fanghorn, Green. And then you know, make one thick and call it the undercoat and make one loose. Or thin and call it the overcoat, I guess. I'm not sure. I think they used to call them inks and then they changed the name to stains. I don't know what they call them now, but I don't know. But I do know that they're about £3.50 a pot, so.
0: Yeah. No, no, it's too much. Too much. Let's move on. Yes. To the big event. This is the big event, let's face it, uh, that happened in July 1985. Um, this could easily be sitting in the music section, but we're actually going to do it here in News because it was huge. This is the 13th of July, and the Live Aid pop concert went ahead uh, in London and Philadelphia, raising over £50 million, or $70 million if you are in the US, uh, for famine relief in Ethiopia. It was huge. It was just, the, the, you know, the, you know the kind of the... Was it the start? I suppose not, because we had the crowd the other week. Um, but this was on another level, this was incredibly, you know, a, a day of, you know, all the biggest acts from the music world at the time performing live on the same stage. It never been heard of before. Um, you know, this kind of thing was just absolutely unprecedented. Really, I think, on this yeah, scale. absolutely. Um, uh, Phil Collins did his uh, best to put a bigger hole in the ozone layer he did. Um, by playing at both concerts. So he started the day, I think, uh, at London. Um, playing the opening set, and then got on Concord, um, whizzed across to America, and then played in Philadelphia as well. He did. Quite he did incredible. Um, yeah, it was uh, Do you remember it? Do you remember much of it? Yeah, I don't, or is fact. it just one of those things that you kind of have seen you've seen on telly? So you think you remember? <laughs>
1: no, I, I remember it well. I remember the opening act was Status Quo rocking all over the world. Um, I remember the. I remember because it was it was it was a massive event. It's, I mean, it's not just in terms of its its scale of what they were doing in the live actual live concerts and the fact that there was two massive arenas full of you know hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people in, in over the world but it was also the the fact that they broadcast it across you know every nation it was one of the first humongous multicasts across the entire earth um so it was so that in itself was quite it was quite the event and i think it was a bit underplayed at the start on t british tv um it was obviously a big event and of course it was the uk Footage from the famous footage of the Ethiopian famine crisis that really kickstarted Bob Geldof and started the whole movement with Band Aid and then later on Live so it all kind of stemmed from Britain really, which is kind of incredible. But it was such it was one of those things. It seemed to be on TV. It was on for hours. I think it was pretty much on all day and night, as I remember it. I don't think it it was on for hours. I I certainly remember certain it? Yeah, absolutely. I remember, remember watching it. um, Or pretty much, we was kind of compulsive viewing to watch as much as you could of it. And I certainly remember seeing um, uh, seeing Queen on there and watching them on the, when they were on. And, and then that's not just you know one of those memories that you remember because that's obviously this is st- some of the footage is just endlessly repeated. Queen is in particular quite famously that where he came out with the you know the big um, cloak and the crown and everything else. And but there was also mm-hmm. other stuff like Madonna was on there um, from the US um, where she was singing things like Holiday and. Some of her early songs as well and she got booed and there was that famous bum note from duran duran when they sang because he hit a real bum note at one point and he you know and it's just loads of little things like that it was a it was a big live show bob geldoff getting progressively more aggressive and smashed as it went along um and getting really menacing with people to to by the end of it sort of shouting at people to donate and but uh, all said and done um you know one guy had a vision um, and he couldn't stand to see what he was, what was going on in one particular part of the world, and he need, and he forever changed the world. And I think the face of music, and certainly stadium music, forever. Um, and mm. I think, in all fairness, to fairness, and it, the legacy of it still lives on to this day. Events of that kind still happen. I don't think you'd have your downloads um, and some of those festivals that now happen very regularly. I think they sort of owe a little bit to that Live Aid that there, uh, that idea. That this is something we can actually do on that scale. Um, so I think it, the world owes Live Aid quite a lot. Um, yeah. and, it's yeah, odd, and it's odd, I mean... really, because some bands that were on there, I mean, they were massive in their own right. You two were on there, for goodness sake. I mean, big bands that, you know, you just... At that time, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine it now to say to someone, because there isn't really anything like that, any any bands. If all the artists in the world got together right now, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference half the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> no, the modern that's true. Bands, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, there'd been... The, you know, you know. I'm not saying it invented, we're not saying it invented like the the, the festival sort of thing, because obviously Glastonbury, Woodstock and all these things had happened sort of thing. But I think, you know, they were, and Reading, what you, what you generally get with them is a few days, people go and camp and sit out. This was a huge stadium event and, mm. and, you know, music festivals, I don't really remember them happening, but well, they probably did, They probably, especially in America, which is probably a bit of a thing. But over here in the UK, that was just not a thing. Um, and especially, you know, backed by royalty, the you know, mm. as we, you know, it was it was a very very big deal. Yeah, um, and live and on a, TV, uh, yeah, and live all day on TV, sort of thing, and swearing and all kinds of stuff. It was it was impressive. It was just one of those sort of those things where you just felt part of the whole thing. We walked mm. through round, you know, if you were walking, in, you could just hear it coming out of everyone's window. Yes, um, if you yes. if you're out and about, and that was the, that was the thing. It was a a huge huge communal event in the in the uk um that was you know uh, uh, you know that is now just doesn't happen yeah uh, not not very often or not very much anyway so sort of thing. not that we can go out much anyway at the moment anyway but um but this was just you know on another level to anything that had really happened before um and yeah so yeah live aid um raised loads of money led to band-aid which you know was a great pop song mm. and not the cover no not, not, the, not the re-release we, cover let's never speak of that <laughs> <laughs> um, that haunt, the
1: the original—that's that, that's something that can haunt your nightmares. That <laughs> the original, hey, the cover, <gasps> yeah. less, less so.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's safe to say.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. So that's live aid. Yeah, really good. Um, I was surprised at this next little bit. This is just a, a little nugget that I sort of found, and I thought I didn't realise this was so far, ago, so long ago. Twenty fourth of July, the country code top level domain .dot uk was registered. I didn't know that. According you know, according to that bastion of knowledge, Wikipedia is. Um, so, but I thirty five years ago. I mean, that's I was like, wow, that's that's a long time. I was expecting this to be sometime in the nineties or something, not yeah, middle
2: eighties.
1: I, w- I wouldn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't know that domain names even existed. But I suppose domain registrations. Oh, they must have had the plan all along.
0: Yeah, they, you know, it must have been something. But uh, that, that's what I've got here, sort of thing. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's what I've read on Wikipedia that when I was looking through the news. The twenty fourth of July. The domain you uk was registered it might not be wow. exactly as we ha- as we understand it now but you know dot uk i suppose was, was the thing absolutely there
1: you go. yeah no it became a thing um, it must have done i mean that's why would you question wikipedia's authenticity anyway
0: i, I never do no i, <laughs> I, I, I everything i know it. comes from wikipedia yeah absolutely <laughs> um and finally just to round out this section another uh incredible achievement because this you know these are um on the uh, there was a there was a long-going battle in in middle distance running. <laughs> the exciting <laughs> world of middle distance running in the UK <laughs> was, you would not believe, if you're not from here and you didn't live in the 80s, you would not believe the amount of airtime that was dedicated to three particular athletes competing against each other in middle distance Absolutely. running. Absolutely. Um, and they were Sebastian Coe, Steve Ovette, um, and uh, Steve Cram. Yeah. And on uh, July 25th, Steve Cram ran a, a world-record mile in 3 minutes 46. 32.32. So running a mile in less than four minutes is incredible. Running a mile in three, three and three quarter minutes is, is a staggering achievement sort of thing. But I wanted to mention this because it's the weird world of the 1980s where so much you know, newspaper space, so much TV space was given over to this, this, this kind of competition between these mm. three athletes. It was a strange thing. It was like, oh, we've got nothing better to do, so we'll just, you know, Steve Over is this, southerner, Sebco is the northerner and, and Steve Cram is the even northerner, because <laughs> he was, yeah. I, think he was from, from <laughs> I think, was from Newcastle, I think, was the double northerner, and it was like this kind of, almost this class divide between them all, and there was like, at the Olympics, racing against each other, and people got very excited whenever they would face off against each other, it was a very strange thing, but essentially, it was just like people running around a track yeah. um, for, for a long period of time, in, in and as, in as fast as they can, and, you know, fair enough, I can't do it, I never could, um, so I'm not knocking the achievement, but you know, it's just just running. Yeah. Well, we
1: were a little <laughs> bit of a we were a country obsessed, weren't we? Really. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. It was around this time, isn't it, or somewhere in this part where chariots of fire was around?
0: Uh, so, Nineteen yeah,
1: so, so eighty-one. Fil- we, we weren't just pleased with our runners. We made films about old runners. <laughs> uh, and all about you know, and there's that great famous Vangelis soundtrack, and uh, for some reason, it captures people the kind of this kind of yeah, um, you know, I th- I medium to long thing- distance.
0: It's the, it's the Roger Bannister thing, isn't it? Because Roger Bannister yeah. was in this first, first sub-four-minute-mile yeah. uh, run sort of thing. So we, we kind of, you know, as in the UK, we, we we pride ourselves on these great achievements.
1: And do you know um, what? I mean, yeah. it's, 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 an, it's an amazing time, really. I mean, the, the current world record is 3 minutes 43, 13. So it, as much as that's three seconds faster, which in, in running terms is, you know, a lot three seconds in all that time is you know it shows you what an achievement steve crams really was Mm, i mean i mean a mile in in under four minutes is great but a mile in under three minutes and 45 you know it's just astonishing that somebody can run like that it blows my mind really and i'm I'm, I'm not able to run at that kind of speed in any way shape or form and never will be (laughs) i'm I'm built for comfort not for speed (laughs) But, oh, um, I got a lot of comfort. I got a lot of comfort to give. <laughs> I got. I've got <laughs> way more than three minutes forty-three to the comfort. Let me tell you. But um, that's uh, that current rail record, by the way, is um, Haikam El Garo, or Garouge. I'm not sure how you say the surname, and I'm not going to take any more variants of it. But that's also the same person who's got the 1500 meter record as well at uh, three minutes twenty-six, mm. uh, which is actually yeah, I think but- faster than my time on the computer version. We now yeah, was the joysticks how did he do that <laughs> <laughs> don't know don't know I just don't know <laughs> just incredible feats of athletic ability there yeah, yeah you can, can we, not we really
0: because we weren't great as you know we had Alan Wells in, in the short sprint but he weren't great uh, but we had we had these these three runners at middle distance and, and they were world beaters and we were obviously because they were world beaters that was it the whole country was you know middle distance running obsessed yeah. well we still we're still <laughs> a bit like it we've got Mo Farah now that's true, yeah. Got Mo Farah. Yes, yeah, Sir
1: Mo Farah. So we've got like a, the next generation. It's the middle distance runners, the next generation. That's got to be the lamest TV show ever
0: devised. <laughs> his, but, um, uh, his, his brother, by the way, uh, cuts cuts lawns. Flymo, <laughs> Sir Fly Mo. Sir Fly Farah. Does it in really tight trousers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> mate. Good luck. <look.
0: laughs> Don't get any better. <laughs> He's here all week. He won't, he won't go. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. He won't go. Someone caught somebody. <laughs> and okay, so clever, clever thirteen-year-olds, amazing pop concerts. Dot UK was registered before I knew it, and people were running very fast. There's your uh, roundup of what was going on in the, in the UK in July 1985. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> Okay, and welcome back. Um, games. So we've, we've done news. Let's do some more games. Um, yeah, we've got three more games to look at in this section. <clears throat> uh, and the first one we're going to look at was a, a Zap Sizzler. Um, a bit of a classic, I think. Um, widely uh, sort of widely regarded as uh, a precursor to a certain series of games these days. But um, uh, I think this is pretty good. This is Kickstart. Uh, Graham, do you want to... Tell me what you think about Kickstarter. Yes, so
1: so I think it's again oddly there's a there's a few of these really, isn't there? It was based on based off a TV show, right? It was. Um, yes, TV yes. Show was Kickstarter was it was, Kickstart, Kickstart, which yeah. was a, and it's a, yeah it's essentially a trials bike show where people who were good <coughs> at trials biking, you know, motorbikes, those kind of. Do they call them trials bikes? I think that's what that's called. why this is but anyway. This... motocross type bikes, isn't it? But they they, they ride those over over hills and and valleys and difficult <laughs> obstacles um, and a sort of assault course for motorbikes. TV show was that kind of thing. It was actually quite good. I used to always end up watching it because it had this really catchy music as well. Very famous, actually, the music. So it was a good TV show. Along comes the game, based upon the same thing. Um, and there's some really nice little touches to this. So the idea of the game is you can choose multiple levels. You can play four player, I believe, but it's sort of two player on the screen at the same time, maximum, yeah. I think. Um, and you are on a little motorbike, there are some obstacles on the obstacle course and you have to then navigate them. You can speed up, you can jump at the right time, you can sort of lean back at the right time to get the kind of um, weight balance on your bike correct um, or lean forward. And in doing so, you can then tackle all the obstacles, the idea being, of course, you get from the start to the finish in the fastest possible time and who is the quickest is the winner. And um, so it was to do that and repeat. There's a lot to like about this game. Um, It's neat the graphics are nice. They're they're kind of, you know, they are what they are. But um it's it runs pretty fast. It's got quite annoying motorbike noise, but it runs pretty fast. Um I felt the controls I struggled with the controls, but that's only because I wasn't using a joystick. I think if I had a joystick out an actual proper joystick, I don't think I would have had so much trouble with it because I kept falling off a lot. Um in a, and I just couldn't seem to get back on the track when I wanted to immediately, and I figured there's probably a method to do that, which I wasn't aware of. It didn't actually detract from what I was playing. So, that's the premise of the game. It's a race. Who can go over the obstacle course the fastest, and who who he who does wins, and the graphics are okay. Uh, the music in-game was a variant of the Kickstarter music, um, but it's one of those tunes that sort of repeat, uh, repeats on a short interval, which means it gradually it drills its way through into your brain. But other than that, I actually quite enjoyed playing it. It was frustrating a bit, because I was falling off a lot, but... Uh, I enjoyed it. So, what did you think?
0: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in agreement. Really, I mean, this is uh, one of the early precursors. I mean, you've already said the word, but it is the trials, the trial series of games. So, all those motorbike games you get mm. now, sort of thing, the weird and wonderful tracks and everything. This is essentially you know, one of those. This is almost pretty much the early precursor to it, along with things like Exciter Bike, I guess, on the NES um, and mm. things like that. But this is, you know, 2D flat on, um, simple sprite for the bike and the player. Um, and yeah, you go you, every obstacle. The, the clever thing about this is that is that every obstacle has a, has a certain speed you have to hit it at? Some are slow, you, which you then and the, you'll be so you've got to go across fences. So you imagine sort of garden gate fences that have got to be quite slow, and if you go too fast, you'll fall off them. Some are quite fast, where you've got to go across them fast. So don't slow down. And it's learning which is which. So there's a, there's a nice learning curve to this, and you get better and better as it goes on, and it's. But it's also as well that certain points, you know, sometimes you want to jump, sometimes you don't, sometimes you want to go off a ramp, sometimes you want to leap off it, sometimes you, you, you want to angle your bike to come down on a proper slope. There's some really nice controls um, and some a, a really good learning curve to this. Um, and at first it does feel quite punishing, it's quite hard, um, but then you start to get used to the different obstacles in your way. Um, and the eight courses that it presents, I mean it's, it's only eight of what they are, um, are actually pretty varied and pretty nice. And once you get a, a good flow going, it's really unfortunate to come off and fly off, especially when playing two-play because it's split screen as well, which is always good fun. Um, and I do remember playing a lot of this split screen back in the day. Um, and and really enjoying it when you fly off. There isn't a, a technique to get it back on, so you didn't do anything wrong there. The game will the game oh, okay. will automatically put you back on at the earliest opportunity it can, where there's a bit of clear space. Right, I thought it um, was that, I it and, and that's that, what it but... does. So it's quite clever in it's quite clever in that way. But the problem is, is that while it's waiting to get you there, it's very slow. So if you're playing two player, the person down below is is racing ahead. But then again, in racing ahead, they may make a mistake, and then you get back on and can catch them up. It's a really nice. Push and pull, tug and tug and tug and uh, tug and war sort of things, which, which can go on when you're playing two player. Um Yeah, it's 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 got a it got a sizzler, and it's very very well deserved. Um It's it's still good fun to this day. Um, I had a weird glitch in one of my uh, rounds where either something switched sort of thing, and it kept putting me back on in the middle of a jump. And it just immediately kept collapsing and, cr- and crashing down to the floor. And I couldn't progress. Uh, something had obviously gone wrong in the code. A, a ball had sw- switched or something, I don't know. And it didn't realize what, what it was doing. Um, but the, the, the levels that I did play um, started to come back to me. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. I think it's, uh, it's still a great little game. Um, it is superseded by its superior sequel, Yes. Um, which comes along some time later kicks 2 is an all out classic um with uh, with actually with it came with a construction kit if i remember rightly we could build your own levels if that's I, if right yeah, right did. this didn't sort of thing and so it's it's is a little bit more limited but as a you know almost as a proof of concept um and i do believe as well was this am i right in thinking this was a mastertronic 199 game yes it yeah, was so for for yeah. 199 for, for two quid, this this was an incredible you know piece of work mm. and, and value for money um, that was, you know, you couldn't go wrong with it. It's, it's a great little game um, that's still just as good t- today. Um, it's still fun. And you put two people against each other trying to sort of navigate the obstacles because some of them are fiendish, the way they're put together. Um, and you, you, when you nail them, it's a, it's a, it's, it still gives you that that, that <laughs> feeling. I'm like, yeah, got it. But when obviously you just get it slightly wrong and you come and that noise when you fly if you bike,
2: boom.
0: Yeah, it's like it goes spinning. Yeah, and you go spinning and it's that noise, and you're like, oh, it's so. Ugh. But it's great. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> this is a, a, a still a, still a great little game, um, and and thoroughly worth your time. Yeah. Anything to add to my Boolean no, spiel? Um, I think,
1: <laughs> like you say, I think. Um, like you say, this is like a—it's a very, very early version of, of of that of that kind of game. But it isn't the formula didn't really change in all fairness, and even in those really modern, fancy three D ones, um, the format hasn't really changed. In fact, if anything, they're a bit sillier. This did have this did adhere to the logic of the TV show, mm. so it it did keep it as a race. It didn't because that go that new one goes kind of crazy. Yes, um, and it's fun, but it does go a bit wild. Whereas this one, you are still. It's still recognisable as kind of a variant of the TV show, and you're on a trials bike. And I, I yeah, 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 I remember playing this with more than you know, with with two or three people. In I remember playing it with you. Yeah, I think we did. And, and playing it, yeah, many 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 times. And it was always one of those go-to games if you had a few people around, kind of a party game as well. And there weren't many of those around at the time. No, no, that worked no, and were fun. No, it was either kickstart kick versus mule.
0: Kickstart's going to win that battle every time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a good good game, and and I think you're right. Um, yeah, your obstacles you have got, you know, little bumps, you have got fences, you have got double decker buses to jump over, you got ramps, jumps, uh, hedges to fly across. Well, there's loads. There's quite a few. It's quite varied. It's good, you know. And it's it's and yes. the good thing about it, sort of thing as well, which I thought was quite clever, is that. Although the graphics are simple, they they communicate what they are really well, really easily. So you're not sort of at a disadvantage trying to figure out what the hell it is. Tires look like tires. The fences look like fences, even though they're really simple. Um, you know, they're just es- essentially. Oh yeah, I know that that's that. And I think it, that kind of affordance, that kind of like easy readability of the, of the visual information on the screen, um, lends itself to to actually. Improve, you, know, you can get some really quick good times on this. You could you could feel yourself mm-hmm. getting more skilled at it. And that's yeah. Yes, and I yes. think that's quite quite unusual. It didn't. It, mm. Yeah, and it always felt fair. I think that was the other thing. It was your yes, fault. Yes. if You cocked up. Yours, not the game. Yes. Um, yes. and I think that's that's quite quite an unusual thing for about then. Is this a Sean Southern game? I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, well, Kickstart Kickstarter, definitely. Was, so I'm pretty so, sure this um, was I've, so cosmic. I've, I feel reasonably sure that it was Trailblazer, Cosmic Causeway. Yeah. yeah. So the guy the guy again. Another talented programmer. Yeah, very, talented. very much so. Yeah. This is good. So yeah, kickstart. Yep. We like. Tap to the past. Yep. Thumbs up. Yeah. Yes, it gets a, a double thumbs up. It does. Yes. Not the next one though. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, not, not at the all. next one. The next one, so we're going to look at, it's another another game. We're we're, going, we're sticking with a letter K,
2: um,
0: and that's all it's <laughs> got in common. Um, because the next one is knockout. Uh, is this alligator? Did alligator make this? I don't know. Yes, it is. So knockout. Okay, it's a boxing game. Okay, in the style of the game that will come out later and be much, much better, which is Barry McGuigan's boxing. Um, But this is Knockout. So this is a side-on boxing game where you are trying to box, and it's awful. I don't know where to go with this one because it's boxing. So it's not it's not your Frank Bruno, it's not your Mike Tyson's punch-out viewpoint, it's side-on. So there's two so your classic sort of beat-em-up viewpoint, two two characters in a ring, they go up to each other. Um, and I only played against the computer and found it almost impossible. Even though I put the computer down to the weakest strength, crappiest everything, they just knock me out constantly. Um, but that one's so bad. I mean, okay, I got knocked out, I'll retry. The problem is what happens when you when it when it when you get knocked out and the amount of time that that scrolling message goes across the top <laughs> it's like I, I, I suddenly i suddenly thought i was watching a demo because this felt yeah. like somebody had like come from the world of demo and like had a really nice scrolling scrolling letters routine that they were damn sure they were going to get in this game and instead of when you lose all you want is you lost you got knocked out in this round there you go. No, 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 no. This this scrolling message with massive letters, which only shows about five letters at a time, goes across for what must be a good minute or so. Um, mm. And just, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't. And then I tried to box again, but immediately knocked out. I had to wait. It turned off. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. This garbage. Yeah. You're you not going to wait to get
1: woken up by <laughs> in this game. No. You know, you, you're not going to want to come back for any of the rounds. You know if you get knocked down by the, the the invincible bad guy in this game it's actually sweet relief because you think <laughs> right now I can switch it off um it was crap utter crap really badly drawn sprites um it looked to me like it was unfinished and I have to say a bit like an unfinished code experiment in places i mean i've, I've like I've, I've programmed stuff on the Commodore 64 over many years so there's little things that the giveaway things that were in there it looked like they'd stuck a ra- some kind of raster timer for the graphics. Into the border colours. Mm-hmm. So it looked to me like it was unfinished. So that aside, and the, the horrific way that you selected the player variants, <laughs> <for> what <whatever> of <laughs> a better description, which seemed really stupidly arbitrary as well. You could just make the enemy as difficult as you want. And I also, and I don't know if it was just me, but I expected to start on the left. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, I thought I was the left. I thought I would be the left player. I don't know why that is. I just, I just assumed I wouldn't be punching right to left. I'd be going left to right. I don't know. I don't know why that was the case, but anyway, it, that's the way it was.
0: Yeah, I suppose so, most single player games you are on the left. Yeah, both boxing games. Odd, yeah. An odd
1: choice. No. So I'm guessing that, you know, I don't know why that was the case, um, but like you say, it felt like there was no response to what I was doing. In fact, it didn't seem to be, it didn't seem to match what I was trying to achieve. Um, and it was just horrible. And then, like you say, that really obnoxious, small but endless scroll kind of <laughs> That just for me, that just sealed the crappy deal. Um <laughs> The only thing that it had that was vaguely related to boxing was that it had some perfunctory bell sounds that went ding 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 as you started, and then that just made me think this game is just bad, bad, bad. Mm. And then off it went because I thought I'm you No, know, boxing games, um we we had the discussion when we talked about the tennis games and and um, some other sports games. When you've got sports game logic and you've got to stick to that, fine. But there's ways you can make it more fun. Um, and this didn't make an attempt to do any of that. And the sprites were just downright weird looking. Mm-hmm. And when you when you got knocked out, I mean, I, part of me really wanted to watch a boxing match that ended like that, <laughs> where the boxer just laid flat on his back with his fists in the air. Just, just you know, I, I want to see that happen. You know, because it just it was just rubbish. And and it's a great shame because I imagine that um it's a bit of a play i think on super knockout which i think is the arcade of the arcade that was around at the time or certainly certainly there was games like that in the arcade not boxing like this but boxing had i think become a game at this point or at least in the arcade anyway so i'm wondering whether there's a bit of a play on that but it might not have been timing wise
0: either way it was it was something that managed to i've managed to avoid all these years and i still will (laughs) that's true i mean there are other boxing games (laughs) coming down the line that are either much more controversial or much better um (laughs)
2: <laughs> both <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that. De- definitely but both but as, as an
0: introduction to the art of feudalism, this is a bad one bad bad yes bad um, yes absolutely and so yeah we, we don't we can't say anything more about this other than it's uh, you know it's not a knockout all right let's move on from that garbage um, to, well, this, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what you thought about this one. Um, our next game, and our last, our last uh, game in this section, is Chicken Chase um, from Firebird, I believe. Um, yes. What did you make of it?
1: Well, for funsies, um I didn't actually, because we actually got the wrong <laughs> yeah, one in did. the original download. <laughs> fu- so I never actually played <clears throat> played the original one, the one that was actually the game in Zap. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to see if... Um, that way we'd have two chicken chases. Oh no! One which was, <laughs> one which was utterly crap, monstrosity with really bad graphics that was unplayable and
0: you could hide really rubbish and was awful. And your version was <laughs> right. Okay. Um, well, the, the version that's in, in Zap because yeah, that one that I, I gave you was called Chicken Chase. It did call that. The, the reason why sort of thing <laughs> is in my in my list of files, the Chicken Chase that we had spells Chicken with an with two eyes, so C H I C K I N. How many was I supposed to know? <laughs> it's just ridiculous chicken Ch- Ch- chicken chicken. Pink chicken looking good i don't know anyway chicken <laughs> chase the one in zap um <clears throat> uh, so it's bright colorful graphics you, essentially it's a single screen peck-em up um <laughs> <laughs> is that a genre it, is, it now. is now um and my first comment in there is that basically what it is is so you play uh, a, a hen um and you as far as I can make out, you don't actually chase any chickens. Um, what happens is, is that the 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 cockerel. No, sorry, it's not you play the hen. Sorry, you play the cockerel. So I, th- I think the, the hen comes out and lays an egg on, on, on the on these shells at the back, and you have to protect that egg from. Um, Random hedgehogs and rats who wander into the wander into the coop and, and try and get the egg, and to, to stop them doing that, you have to peck them. So it's a peck-em-up. Um, so that that's what it is. Um, I'm, I, and then if you survive it long enough, I managed to do it. I, and this is the bit I couldn't quite grasp, sort of thing, because what happens is. The first time I did it, I, I, I was getting menaced by a hedgehog. So I managed to peck this hedgehog off screen a few times, and then the the egg hatched, um, and that was fine. And, and then i not. Something happened, and then the the uh, the the hen came out and hit me over the head with a rolling pin. Um, then went and laid another egg, and then unfortunately the rat got it um, in this this occasion because I was too busy trying to peck a worm that had appeared, um, and then she came out and hit with a rolling pin again. At that point, I turned it off um, because I was fed up with it. It, was, it wasn't very good. I, my first comment in here is, it, it, is, is that uh, I bet somewhere in the marketing the term henpecked was said with much hilarity <laughs> um, because that's what it feels like. And, and I put like, the game is badly named, and in fact, henpecked would have been a better title um, because at least then it, it, it fits the game because you don't chase any chickens. Well, yeah. I mean, if they don't have henpecked
1: in there, I'm, I would worry that some of the marketing material would be players control a cock um, who is making sure that their wife delivers an egg.
0: Yeah, because I know I know a chicken chase is. I, I believe I'm not. I don't rear chicken, so tell. I might get this wrong, something. But is a chicken chase like the 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 run? What they have is that is that called a chase um, where they go out and they run around and sort of thing? Is that called a chase? I'm not sure. Well, I, um, I, I don't. I, I don't I know. A For reason keeper. that brings the bell in my head. You spend the entire time in the coop. <laughs> so you're not in the chase. <laughs> the chicken coop would have been better. This is bad. <laughs> Someone should have had a worse. Yes. Uh but um chunky sprites, awful sounds, bad game. You never chase a chicken. Yeah. Um that's my no. comments. No, no. So no. it's it's not great. And, you know, I think the Zap were a bit uh lenient on it sort of thing, much more lenient than that than I would have been, because um <sighs> i don't know yeah it didn't look great i mean i didn't play it um it
1: didn't look great and i read the review obviously read the review in zap didn't think much to what they said chuckled when i read that it was called Cock in, in french in the <laughs> game version in french i don't imagine, I imagine a lot of people bought that and were probably disappointed that it had chickens in it um but um that said um has there ever been a good game with a chicken in it <laughs>
0: well i was trying to think did um, we ch- do we like chuck i don't like Chucky egg um, but then again, no, I suppose it, really. it, it's an egg, isn't it? Not a chicken. Um, <laughs> so I so, say, so, no. Is there a chicken-based game?
1: Uh, I don't. Um, well, well, maybe come across it. Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't remember any. Um, I don't remember chickens being that popular in games.
0: No, I, I can't think of anyone. Unless you know, there's the film Chicken Run. Was there a game ever built on that? But certainly not for the C64. But maybe I, don't, I could have been. I, 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 I don't remember any good games where you control a chicken. They think they would have called it something like cockadoodle or, you know, cockadoodle don't. Yeah, I mean, even in uh, yeah. Indian Zelda, where there are chickens, sort of thing, they call them cuckoos or cuckoos. So they don't even they don't yeah. even call them chickens in that. They just know that the, the, putting chickens in a game is side of badness. This is a bad game. It's not Exa- great.
1: <laughs> no. Well, I think I uh, I would go by what uh, I think when I read the review, it felt like it, one of those evangelical moments for Zap again. They do yeah. do that periodically, where sometimes you, you see the
0: game and you think.
1: How have you have you played the same one?
0: <laughs> it, yeah, so. it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't for me. Um, uh, just I couldn't. Just no. Um, uh, no. No, I think there's not much more to say about it. It's a single screen. You peck stuff. Animals come along, try to steal eggs. You get hit with rolling pin. Um, <laughs> and that's it. Really, there you go. That's Chicken Chase. Um, and one I would not recommend you go and look at. Don't do it. It's not worth it. There we go. So, what we got next? Coming up next, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, which will be interspersed by a ha noise. <laughs> Let's see you do that. <laughs> um, we're going to look at what was going on in uh, UK music in July 1985. Okay, right. So welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is 1985 Music uh, in July, 1985. Uh, Our number one singles, we had uh, three singles that were number one in this particular time. Uh, Running in from last month, we had uh, Sister Sledge with Frankie, uh, who stayed at number one for four weeks. Goodness gracious me. I know, I never liked that song. Uh, Nope. Just for one week Uh, after that, we had The Eurythmics with There Must Be An Angel. Not the uh,
1: rhythmic's finest
0: moment, that. Uh, no, but it's still a good song, and it's still better than Frankie.
1: A lot better than Frankie, <laughs> and it also got a win for the most elongated use of the word "room" in any song ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Annie Lennox. Yeah, she will elongate any word you ask her to on request. <laughs> Just don't. She goes into a hotel; it must take ages. Annie, can you say "door" really longly? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then after that was uh, Madonna started her four week run at number one with uh, Into the Groove. Oh, such a great song! It is a great groove. song, Into the Groove. I um, love that song. Was that from Desperately Seeking Susan? I believe it was. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah, that was a good, good song, and that would stay there for four weeks. She'd actually have two singles in the top forty because uh, I think Crazy for You came back in, or uh, maybe it was yeah, cr- and Crazy. Was,
1: it was when it was uh, Jingo Jellybean did the oh that, that remix album. Mixing. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's yeah. where some of these became really popular. So Yeah, very much so. Proper old school, um, I say old school now, of course, but just proper and um, sort of great for the clubs and stuff like that at the time, really popular, really, mm. really. sense the reason why it was number one for so long.
0: Indeed. Uh, albums, uh, most of the month, uh, the number one album was Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, that was number one uh, for a number of weeks, sort of thing, but it was its 60th week. Up to its sixty, it dropped after its sixtieth week in the charts. Quite incredible. Goodness me, it is because
1: um, I don't like Bruce Springsteen. But no,
0: you know but, but that album is a you know is a it's there's a, a lot to that album, and I think landmark, it, it, yeah, yeah, landmark album. I think, think mid eighties because it's not about how great the USA is, despite them no, using that type of song um, in you know in Trump rallies and everything like that. That song is nope. not. A, 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 you know, a hymn to the greatness of America. It's really not. No, it is not. Um, But it was knocked off by um, another big old album from that uh, period, which was Dire Straits' Brothers in Arms.
1: Ah, good album, Brothers Uh,
0: in Arms. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. I don't like Dire Straits. I've never, I never liked them. I don't mind thingy, you know, I don't mind, it's all right. Um, Money for Nothing yeah that's the one (laughs) although as I call it (laughs) (laughs) which is the the better title I still got it though so to be fair I still got it I don't know how but I got it from that so (laughs) there you go it's the much better song much better title uh, I'm
1: not what you call a Die Straits fan but I do admit it admit it you are Uh, The Brothers and Arms is a great album I don't like a lot of their other stuff at all No. but to be fair Mark Knoth's soundtrack for The Prince's Bride is very good so uh, so, yes,
0: yeah, it saying. is. Yes, um, it's, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I not a die straight. A bit too. It's just a bit too mor for me. Um, it's just a bit yeah, too no, dull. It's very and, safe, and, but. And, but, but I do like like I said. Rah, 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 I do like that. Um, <laughs> uh, what new releases did we have? So that's our albums. So There's our number ones. You know, big stuff. Madonna, Bruce Springsteen, die straight. Big big stuff in there. Uh, new singles out. We had. We don't need another hero. Tina Turner. In at number 37. A big hair classic. Her yeah, hair is huge in nice. Inexplicably huge. Which means that around this time we're gonna, obviously going to get uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It's
1: not the best Mad Max.
0: Uh, it's not. It's probably the weakest.
1: Yes. Um, Which saves a lot really because the first one was made on like eight quid. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Yeah. In, <laughs> in George Miller's backyard. <laughs> yeah. It
1: is. Sort of, you know, double-sided sticky tape for special effects. But yeah. it's just there's parts of the third one that are quite yeah, really intriguing. To, to the, but... the
0: last... The last third when they get away that when it when it turns into Mad yeah. Max. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. it be, when it gets back to being Mad Max and that like, oh Sky Captain. Oh. Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um Into the Groove, that was actually released and then went was was straight in at number four, straight up to number one. There you go. Yeah. Uh The Cure released In Between Days. Uh that came out and then it was straight at number thirty five. I'm only looking at songs that came into the unless there's something I want to mention in the top forty. Yeah. Uh, in between days, yeah. the cure number 65. five. Good cure song. I like that cure song. Poppy, they all sound ju- the same. Poor poppy, <laughs> jangly. They don't. I'm, sure, I'm going to be controversial? Ma- wash your mouth <laughs> out. <laughs> going to be controversial. <laughs> I really don't like the cure. I don't like anything they've ever That's, done. Just, don't liking them is fine sort of thing. Don't say they all sound the same. <laughs> they do. They just sound. No, they like, they all sounds like the cure. It sounds like the cure to me.
1: <sighs> oh. no, moaning <laughs> Um And. Uh,
0: one that I think we'll probably both agree on here. Uh, I got you, babe. UB40 and Chrissy Hind. Do you know? <laughs> Number I 22. Hate that song. I ate them. <laughs> yeah. I hate them. I don't care that you were on the doll and you made big sort of thing. I don't care. You made rubbish <laughs> white reggae um, that was garbage. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is white um, reggae, is a very
1: good description. It's just... And Chrissy Hind sings mostly in vowel sounds. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. I don't yeah, I, mean, I was never you, a big fan of pretenders. Well if you don't believe
2: me, just listen to the, the, the listen,
1: just listen, take take a moment outside of listening to I Got You, Babe, and listen to uh, their Christmas song, the pretenders Christmas song, was it two thousand miles out of her? She just inexplicably hums in vows. <laughs> no, rubbish. And I yeah. I never liked you before.
0: In no. Any capacity. no, they were overrated tribe. Um, what yes. was interesting, though, and I, I wanted to mention this because of the C sixty four connection, uh, was the re release of Living on Video by Trans X, yes. which I do believe is the elite loading tune. Was it? It is. It, yeah. Yes, it was the loading tune for Frank Bruno's Boxing. Yeah, and, and quite. A few, I think it was quite a few elites. Elite, yes. song, elite yeah, games actually, was, yeah. Um, yeah. and it was actually quite a decent bit. D- decent version on that loading, loading mm, screens, yeah, very um, good. Yeah. Uh, and living on video came back out; that was re-released uh, and hit yep. get back into the charts. Um, yeah, good, good, uh, good song actually. No, 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 no. Although when yeah, he starts it's- singing, it's when I kind of go, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's in that
1: cusp. There's a few because there's a it's the sort of late seventies, early eighties was that disco to dance kind of cusp, synthy cusp. Mm. So there's a bit of you know. Cheaper synthesizers started to appear because synthesizers were very expensive and then newer, more cheaper ones came along. So there's some, some of the stuff started to get released in more frequency with synthesizers on it and sounds yeah. like trans x and things like that and there's a few others around that time that did the same thing um space were around at that time magic fly and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. um but i really i I remember thinking when i first heard it on the c64 and that might very well be the first place i ever heard trans x live in Uh, a video yeah i think it
0: was me as well yeah
1: i remember thinking then it was really good yeah um and so when i actually heard the um official one when a friend of ours got a um a 12-inch uh, of it and i was mm. going to be very careful how i ended that then because there was a slight break but he got a 12 inch <laughs> version of that record um and i remember thinking then it was very good so it is, yeah. It is good
0: yeah i mean it to me it's um it's it's and, and i don't really want this to sound damning but it's uh it's it's b level craft work yes because a level craft work is amazing but even B level craft work is good sort of thing. And this sounds like because of you know, are they German? They sound German when they start singing. And that, you know, down, 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 down. It sounds craft work, very craft worky. Um hugely sort of influenced by them, I think. And it's just great. And obviously I wanted to mention it because it was uh the one of the classic loaders, tape loaders from that time.
1: Um and it was the the way. Uh French Canadian.
0: French Canadian, okay, fair enough. Not not German, sounded German. When you sing singing
1: um, and the name the name of Transex comes from trans europe express is a homage
0: to craft oh there, there you go in. see i got a, 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 some some kind of link right so there you go um albums so just wrap up music new release of albums i've got three here that came out <clears throat> this was a day in history a hairy day in history <laughs> A very, very hairy day. That is, because, that is very hairy. Because on one day in the UK, we had Fly on the Wall by ACDC, Theatre of Pain by Motley Crue, and Invasion of Your Privacy by Rat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that there was enough um, hairspray to handle this. <laughs> hair metal was definitely coming big and fast there, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, all these... On the, I thought, hair metal nightmare, Christ. Which I mean, um,
1: which singer is that in AC/DC at that time? Oh, then, I, is I, is don't,
0: I don't... My my knowledge of A C D C is back in black. I'm not a big A C D C fan, so it could no, same. be. I just wondered if it was the one that goes eh, or <laughs> is it the one that goes eh. It's it's one of them. I think it's the one that goes Ah eh, that one Uh <laughs> um, Motley Crew, of course. Well it, it, you either like Motley Crew or you don't. You and know. I didn't. I never did. Uh, I did like um a couple of tracks on Tierra Payne, that were uh, okay sort of thing. Uh Rap were just in, you know sub sub Motley Crew, which is like yeah. God, if if if, if Trans are you know b level craftwork rat of Z level motley crew um yes, but they, yes they were but they yeah. but they were better than dangerous toys <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a safe bet, <laughs> really, that
1: pretty much most hair metal was better than that. And this is quite early on as well, so these, these are sort of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I d- hesitate to use the term pioneers of hair metal, but are those ACDC hair metal? Do they come under
0: that banner? Well, I don't. Well, I don't, do, I don't. But I, I think Motley but, I, the crew, definitely. I, but, I would imagine something. When I, like I said, I don't know. You, some people who like ACDC around this time, I go, no, this is hair metal, blah, 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 But I'm just looking, look, this mid-1980s, Bon Jovi around, Def Leppard around, Motley Crue around. I'm going to guess that ACDC were probably... White Snaker around, um, you know, this is probably, if they did some hair metal stuff, this is probably, it might not be, it might be the heaviest thing they ever did and some ACDC fan is probably going to come and kill me. Mm. I don't know, I'm just thinking that, I do know, what I do know is that there was a lot of hair on that record. So, yeah, so that's music, here we go. <clears throat> there was uh, some good albums released, some good singles released, well, albums came out, some interesting albums came out um, that were not lots of hair. Uh, and that's your music roundup for July 1985. Okay, and welcome back. So we just had the music. Now we've got uh, a third part of our games in this episode. Um, And we're going to look at the first one, uh, which got a sizzler. uh, And that game is Strange Loop. I think we mentioned this in our crap last week um or in last episode so let's have a think what strangely strangely what is it graham you tell me you tell me um it's i put it's
1: it's kind of a platforming game um bit i've said it's jet pack
0: meets jet set willy um that's um, exactly what i've written how bizarre <laughs> i put jet set willy meets Jetpack. yeah it's, it's it is that um
1: so it's got odd controls the idea of the game is you've, you've it's You've got to, you know, navigate around the explorable maze of <laughs> challenging monsters and hazards, finding stuff that to connect with other things that does stuff. Um, this about 250 rooms all said and done. It's, it's an arcade adventure, essentially. Um, it's got it's a couple of nice little features. So you've got pockets in there so you can collect stuff and pop it in your pockets, and then you can utilise that stuff at given intervals and do stuff like that. Um, and... It was quite fast. The graphics were quite good. It was quite a fast-paced game, and it's medium res again, but quite nicely done. Um, it felt that some of the levels felt a bit like when you went in the underground sections of Cauldron. Um, so there was a little bit of that. You could sort of travel up and down kind of pipes. So there's a, hints of Roll and Rat in there, weirdly as well for some reason. But you could sort of travel underground, travel under the under thing, go to the different rooms, avoid the hazards, and collect the bits and bobs. And it's one of those. It's an arcade adventure. That's what you're doing, it right? Um, I. Liked it, um, and I don't normally like these kind of games, but this one had quite a nice atmosphere. Um, it felt kind of um, sort of neo tech noir kind of. There was a kind of a edge to it, the kind of base relief graphics, and just quite a nice mm-hmm. sort of look and feel to it. It felt it felt it sort of had a bit of atmosphere. It didn't sort of give lots of things away when you first start, so you had to explore and figure stuff out um it greatly improved when you got the hover bike which is something that you collect a bit later down the line so you're not sort of bouncing around as a on a jetpack you can actually get a hover bike and when you get that it becomes instantly more playable and controllable why they didn't give you that from the start i don't know um but um you've got to like games where you're wandering around collecting stuff and having to do stuff and i do generally this is you know I, i'm sorry to say i do if they're good this was all right um but um I don't know, uh, it's probably deserving of its sizzler, but um, these kind of games, they've got to be really good at this for me to really enjoy them. But uh, that's me. What did you think?
0: Um, I'm going to say that this wasn't for me. Um, I'm, I'm glad you you enjoyed it. I didn't get to the bike. Um, my, my comments are a, flick, a flick screen float-a-thon um i felt it had very unresponsive controls and i, and I found myself getting quite annoyed with them because i weren't quite sure what was what was going on i couldn't i, I didn't know if i was floating and it was jetpacking or hovering or whatever said jet set willy meets jetpack and not as good as either um and as you know I, I, i'm not a great fan of either of those games that's damning um you collect stuff you shoot manic minor style enemies at times and I, yeah i couldn't it's, it's another one of them it's another one of them like we said like Rollins rat race like uh, turn and og like everyone's a Wally. there's just replete with these kind of, uh, you know, these flick screen arcade adventure enemies just randomly scrambling around the screen, which you've got to try and avoid. With you know the controls thingy, and and I think you're right. I, if if I'd have known there was a bike, I might have persevered a bit. I didn't. Uh, maybe I should have done. But I think that you know they should have given you something that actually controlled well. If they've got something that controls well, then could give you it. Don't let you fight against it. Um, You know, it's the the elite syndrome. Um, Give you a docking computer. Give you that sort of thing. The only game that really gets this right, um, in my opinion, is Whizball. Mm,
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: Where, where Whizball, you you, the controls are hard at the beginning, sort of thing. But you, you soon, you you power up ready very quickly. You power up. Um, So you're not stuck in that thing. I I felt stuck in this kind of crap control hell. that i didn't really know what was going on i kept getting crushed i got stuck in a section where i kept getting crushed by something just kept kind of crushed and yeah. i was i just got just got frustrated and annoyed and turned it off I, yeah. i'm sure there is you know there's pretty much. to it i'm glad i'm glad that you got to it because it does actually sound like maybe there is something in there and and, and i think you're right that the, visually it's okay there there is a nice bit of style to it and some nice moments and some nice uh best release graphics but i just couldn't get beyond the controls you know my interface mm. with the game it just wasn't there and that frustrated me yeah so. it's like you say it's a bit it's these games can be
1: impenetrable if they make it too difficult to get into them quickly um it's a failing of a lot of these games we'll see another one later that doesn't actually do that it's actually a bit better than that but um i actually came across the jet hover bike thing purely by chance so it's not like i plan to do that um, I just happened to go away. I didn't really know what I was doing because I was flying around like a maniac and just happened to go into this room and by some miracle managed to get this thing. So it, when I would got that, it felt a lot more playable. So, But that said, it was more of the same. Don't get me wrong. You're still going around mm-hmm. rooms. It just meant that I wasn't bouncing around the rooms like a maniac. Um, and that, that's a bug in... It's not a, it's not a bug. It's, it's a design thing. But that's a feature of some Commodore 64 games that drives me mad where the collision to background makes you sort of bounce around.
2: Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. You
1: remember Airwolf, when we played Airwolf in the previous episodes of the podcast? Airwolf did it. Um, <laughs> and later, as we'll discover, oh, this flashbacks.
0: game. Flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and there's,
1: <laughs> there's games like um, The Sacred Armor of Antiriad that also do it um, when, you know, you've got to try and navigate your spaceship, space person, craft, whatever, through a small space. And you, if you mm-hmm. even breathe near the pixels that are at the top or the bottom, you're going to bounce around. Those kind of games can very quickly become tiresome, as you've discovered, and and I, I only persevered once I'd got that extra thing. So um, it's okay, yeah. but it's but you know what? If someone gave me a copy of Strange Loop and then and put it next to me playing something like Knockout, um, I'm going to opt for Strange Loop. So yeah, it, was, it was a version game absolutely. as well.
0: It was, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I probably, you know, I, I would do. Uh, I mean, if you put it next to, I put most things next to. Uh, yeah, that's I'm not probably going to play isn't, it. Isn't a fair
2: comparison. You're right.
0: Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's like I said. I think it's uh, It's another. It's just another. There's, there, at this point in time, as we seem to be inundated with flick screen adventure games. Yes. Um, you know, they'd obviously mastered this. You know. Creating tons and tons of screens in the C64 well, memory, tile based, um, and, and uh, yeah, and and being able to store them and bring them up and make these yeah. huge maps. And it was a big thing, sort of thing, because obviously the magazines could then print the maps of them, and you'd have all this, you know, yes. that kind of stuff. And so it was, a, it was a big thing around them. And I, I'm not not knock knocking them for it, but my problem with this, I'm quite happy to play a flick screen adventure game. I like things like um, uh, Robin of the Wood, Nodes of Yesod. Uh, and things like that because the controls are good. Mm. This is let down to, for me by the ba- by the bad controls. Yeah. Um. And, and that's what that's what put me off. It's not the fact that I don't like these kind of things. The Magic Knight games I quite enjoy some of them. Um. But this is just let down by those unresponsive. And I found myself, like you said, bouncing off stuff. Yeah. Which um, is frustrating. Um. Which is very frustrating. I mean, I, I love Dantyria. Dantyria is another one sort of thing. But mm. I didn't think that was quite as bad because there's that that gives you, again, quite relatively quickly some ways of overcoming those things this didn't seem to do that and maybe i mean it did for you but not for me you'll know the pain
1: um so you know when you play (laughs) those games and you bounce around around it's there's certain games do it some do it better than others but when you if the game is tolerable in spite of that that's fine but if it becomes something that actually stops you being but able to progress or enjoy it it very quickly becomes the thing that ha- aims your hand towards the off switch, I have to say.
0: Yeah. We will look at another one later on sort of thing, which mm. will be interesting to see, to get our opinions on that. So thing. Mm. I don't know what you thought of it, but um, yeah, it's a strange loop. Not, not for me. I can see that I can see its appeal, but um, it, I think <clears throat> if you give me something that I could control, I probably would have got on with this much better. <laughs> okay. So let's move on from strange loop. Um, <clears throat> Into Amazon Warrior. Um, I don't know if this was part of the game or something that would have been drawn for it by some artists, But uh, my first comment is, "What the hell is that title screen?" Um, <laughs> it's the same. In fact, I even got a screen grab of it. It was that awful. Oh my god, you, that's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, now, um, Amazon. So, Amazon Warrior. If you've listened, if we've actually put it out, sort of thing, we've we've spoken about Forbidden Forest on a previous episode. Um, In our episode zero, um, where we look at games from prior to Zap. Um, And I think the thing what comes out of that episode sort of thing is just how much the pair of us really, really liked Forbidden Forest. Um, And it still stands up today. We had a great time with it and it's a really good game. And this game really, really annoyed me. Um, It made me quite angry sort of thing because it's a really bad version of Forbidden Forest. Um, And and I think this is, uh, you know, this... It just misses everything that made Forbidden Forest great. Um, it, there's a great bit at the start of the review in Zap, uh, which basically says the the programmer took one, you know, the, the people wanted to say, "Well, oh, we want to make something like Forbidden Forest," and the programmer took one look at it um, and and said, "Yeah, I can do that. Uh, don't worry." Um, and unfortunately, he couldn't. Uh, he could get the scrolling right in the back, and that was about it sort of thing. But the, the game is 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 why is why are you so small? So. For no one that doesn't know, Forbidden Forest is a, is a classic sort of almost survival horror ish type uh, thing where you are, you are an archer wandering through some, you know, side scrolling woods where you get attacked by various massive creatures that you have to shoot with your bow. And it's got great atmosphere, great music, great visuals for the time, um, and, and is, you know, one of the few games that has a really great atmosphere. Amazon Warrior tries to do that by swapping the titular, um, you know, by swapping, sorry, the, ar- the archer out for an Amazon Warrior with a spear um, and just gets it all, all wrong. It's it, I, I, I was, I, I don't, you know, this is a game that's 35 years old. I shouldn't be feeling angry about it, um, but this just felt like a real cash in um, and, and a, and a real insult to Forbidden Forest um, and, and made me, you know, cause I really do like Forbidden Forest and, and this game just, just, oh, I was like, I, I don't think I've, I've reached for an off switch quite so pushed that, button that reset button so, quite so angrily yet this was yeah I, I didn't like this if you didn't get that picture <laughs> no I, I didn't get that from that <laughs> no
1: um, from that diatribe <laughs> i 100 percent agree my review was quite short because i was annoyed um this is just a ripoff of a rip off game there's no way around that it's a forbidden forest ripoff it completely rips it off in every way and just but not in a good way in all the you know and it just makes something that was actually quite good, and, and attempts, and it's just poor. You know, the idea that you're an Amazonian with a blowpipe shooting at spiders was just stupid. Yeah. It's just stupid, stupid, stupid. The, You know, the way, I mean, obviously, in the original Forbidden Forest, you had to notch your arrows and then fire them, and, and there was that, you know, you had to sort of think about it. This sort of tries that by having to load the dart di- in the blowpipe. It's just rubbish. It's, yeah. just, it's just a ripoff. If I want to play this properly, I'll go and play Forbidden Forest. Why on earth would anyone want to play this
0: Amazonian you know, crap version. I don't get it. Well, the thing is, if you think about it, Forbidden Forest is fantastical. There are dragons and mm. giant and skeletons and, you know, giant creatures and, and, and all these kind of crazy stuff. And it's forbidden. It's a forest that's forbidden. You're going in there and it's, it's creepy and it's unusual and you don't know what kind of going on. This is just a forest with yeah. creatures. <laughs> this is yeah. just the Amazonian jungle. Yeah. This is just not, this isn't Forbidden Forest. This is just normal jungle.
1: Yeah. And, um, Horribly out of scale. So yeah, you're yeah. you're too small. The spiders were too big. Your blow darts were too small. I just it was just everything was wrong. Um, but it's just the way it blatantly ripped off Forbidden Forest. Even its graphic style is a rip off because Forbidden Forest has a kind of a Forbidden Forest look. Yeah, and it just rips it off, and it annoyed me. The same reason it annoyed you. I'm thinking if you can't go to the effort of making your own game, don't just rip off somebody else, try and pass it off as theirs, um, yeah. and some attempt because that's just you know it's it's cheap. Uh, and you cheapen the name of the original programmer's efforts when you do things like that. So for me, it was switched off. And um, I thought, you know, if I'd have been um, the chap that made Forbidden Forest, I forget his name, but if I'd have been that chap, I think I would have been reaching for the
0: lawyer's telephone Hold on. number. But- yeah, might have been, Paul Norman. No, I think it was Paul
1: Norman. I would imagine must have the publisher. Somebody must have picked up the phone and gone, "Hang on a minute, come on." Yeah, you
0: know. it, is, it is bad sort of thing, and, it, and it's not only that sort of thing. They've even gone to try and do that because the you know Forbidden Forest title screen is really nice and atmospheric. The cosmic yeah. logo, the lightning. And they've tried to do that here again as yeah. well, and it is that's how blatant a rip off this is.
1: Yeah,
0: it, it just it really did annoy me because I, I was completely unaware of this game. Um, I mean we will discuss the advert in a bit. Um, but I was completely unaware of this game, and and I was blissfully unaware. And and becoming aware of it, uh, it it did nothing for my mood. No, it didn't fare well <laughs> in Zap
1: particularly either. I think they saw through the uh, the the ploy, which was yeah. you know, just make a game like
0: that one, and people who like that will probably like yeah. it. But yeah.
2: yeah. Rubbish.
0: I think the good th- the good thing is is that no one comes along later does Beyond Forbidden Forest, which is just fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah which is way better. Um, uh,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll, we will look at that at some point because that does come through at some point. Mm. Um, and is the proper worthy sequel to Forbidden Forest mm. um, by the guy who knew what he was doing. But this is just avoid this, avoid it. I mean, you're not going to go buy it, obviously, because you're not out or something, but don't, don't waste your time with it. It's rubbish. No. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Okay, so on that note, let's move on, <laughs> because when you think things can't get any worse, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's true, you know, you know, you've just heard us be very, very critical and, and angry with Amazon Warrior. Um, our final game for this section um, is, um, and, and, and this part sort of thing is Circus Circus. Um, Zap gave this a tacky, uh, which I don't even think comes close. But do you want to? Do you want to have at it? I think they were being generous. Um, so this is just... It's a
1: really crap, blocky version of Manic Miner again. The main graphics and sprites, to me, look like they were drawn by a five-year-old at best. Awful. Really terrible music, a dirge of beepy, monotonous sounds that drills into your skull. The gameplay was rubbish. and It was just... It was inconceivable that with games around of other quality at this time, like Drop Zone and other things like that, that this could be released... And I've put in my notes here this is proof that there was no QA process at Firebird, or potentially that any of those people involved were deaf and blind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: my. my. <laughs> my notes are not much better. Uh my notes just go, Jesus Christ, away from me, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I just put MG is my first comment. This is utter crap. <laughs> uh, but bad everything, so no point in <laughs> listing anything. No. I do go list. Controls, visuals, music, everything is bad. I thought even for two ninety nine, I would have cried myself to sleep that night. Yeah,
1: yeah you know I um, mean kids spent their pocket money at the time, comparatively. That was probably I, I didn't get that, that amount of pocket money even then, um, so this was something you to save either saved your money up for, or you would have you know these were often the one ninety nine, two ninety nine, which were compromise games because you know you weren't be able, you didn't have the money for a 9 eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine title. So you might think it, but if you took a punt on this, you're going to be crying yourself to sleep for weeks. Well, we'll, we'll put it, the comparison. This sort of thing is that Kickstarter is a quid cheaper. Yeah, and much much better. This is just it just looked it looked to me again unfinished.
0: It yeah, it's amateurish, it's really bad.
1: Am, not even yeah, a worse kind of amateurish. Unfinished, amateurish, absolute guff. And and mm-hmm. um Zap pulled no punches with it either. No, they 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 basically said this is just awful, and, and they were absolutely right. There is no redeeming features of this game any at all. Um and it's if I had a time machine, I would go back and erase it. I would.
0: <laughs> no, never mind all it's that a- Terminator business.
1: I'd go back and make sure that that thing never happened. <laughs>
0: That's uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe a waste of all that technology, but I can't I'm not gonna disagree with you. <laughs> Do you know that would be one of the submissions <laughs> of the whole thing? Just I don't know. I would- deliberately did that but the thing is it can't have worked because we wouldn't be talking about it right now so no it'd be weird to sort of think thing you come back and we're talking about some other game and you'd be like i <laughs> ah, wiped circus circus from the from the from the multiverse we've done it it's gone well, and it deserves to be wiped it's a terrible terrible was thing this, was it supposed to be set in a circus because i didn't get that i didn't get was it well, in a big this top is, or something this is I, don't... Thing. I couldn't i couldn't tell from the visuals no this is this is an era with sprites in that were t-posing yeah but, this this is a game that had T-post sprites. So I'm yeah. like, but you can draw sprites in any way you want.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> can, don't you can animate be... them
0: oh so easily. Yeah. yeah, this, it was, I couldn't tell whether I could jump on platforms. I moved from left to, I don't know. It was just god awful. Yeah. One of the worst things we've played so far.
1: Yes, I think um, um, I would agree. Um,
0: uh, and it's a, and, and you know, it's always good to end on a high note <laughs> for, a, for, a, for a section. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But there you go, that's Circus Circus. Um, so Strange Loop, Amazon Warriors, Circus Circus. Um, I didn't have a lot of fun this part, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> uh, but there you go. So um, so let's round up. Um, what games have we looked at today? Uh, in this section, we've looked at uh, Drop Zone, Rollins Rat Race, uh Syphoid 9, Kickstart, Knockout, Chicken Chase, uh, Strange Loop, Amazon Warrior, uh, and Circus Circus. Um, so there you go. Now we're just gonna have a quick uh, outro. We're gonna look at some a uh, couple of crapverts. Uh This is our section where we uh, dissect some of the adverts that were deemed fit to be in magazines and stuff at the time, of um, ver- various quality. Um, now we will be reviewing this game in in, in, in the next part, sort of thing. We'll re- we'll be looking at it, sort of thing. So the first one uh, is the advert for Ghetto Blaster. Uh, what do you make of this? Um, I put that this is potentially racially challenging.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I'm, I'm glad you put
1: that. <laughs> Anyone, um, just me. <laughs> I think that, um, we've spoken about this. There's this notion, the, these, there are adverts and there are games that are of their time and they're of their politics, that, that politics that was around at the time. Um, mm-hmm. and it's quite interesting that, 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 the politics around, um, this is the, the era of Jim Davidson. Yeah. So, but the, the, but even then, the, the kind of politics around different, the cultural acceptance of of um, uh, I don't know how to describe it actually, but the the,
0: the, the ca- casual racism.
1: Yeah, that's what we're talking yeah, about. Well, so, it, it, yeah, it's 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 casual racism, but it's also the these just this idea ingrained that, you know, societal
0: yeah, racism. Societal, is yeah, societal
1: racism. There's a whole you know us against the police kind of thing. The police are very much seen as a you know a, a force to be reckoned with and dealt with and You know, crime is a—it's just you know—and associating black people with crime, um, Mm -hmm. and the potential to do crime, you know, which which is completely unacceptable. It's it's, just—it's the 80s were a really strange time, and it's reflected in TV and in—and it's sort of—and it's a—it's legacy 70s stuff. I think that thinking. Thankfully, we've moved on. Well, you'd like to think we've moved on massively, but we've moved on certainly from having representations like that advert where you've got you know really Djangoistic stereotypes thrown in there with stereotypical language and um, and I'm not sure I get the advert this looks like, and this is again it looks like a, an advert for a game that was designed by people that had um, cultural differences explained
0: to them but never actually lived with them <laughs> um. I like the, uh, one thing I do like in this advert sort of thing is the scar bloke
2: on yeah, the right yeah <laughs> Yeah, I it's a subculture. The, the two-tone it's a game about guy.
1: subcultures, but it's actually just utilising stereotypes to to really reinforce them. And we review the game yeah. later and, and, and it suffers from all sorts of horrible problems because of that. But this <laughs> advert is this advert is kind of trying to appeal to that graffiti ghetto blaster generation of of uh, Rastafarians and, you know. Uh, black guys with you know huge stereos on their shoulders and a, sh- a shifty looking
0: policeman on the on the side <laughs> of the copper and that cop in the corner is yeah, amazing and you know and
1: it's you know <laughs> it's just uh, it's i think i think these adverts are a, a challenge now you would never imagine someone producing anything like this anymore um, No. so it's of its time um, and unfortunately the game is not great either as we'll discover but um no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not great. It's, I suppose it's it's cartoons, isn't it? So it's only cartoon imagery, I suppose. But um, but
0: it's the yeah um, yeah okay. So let's move on quickly. Sort of things. Just wrap this up. Sort of thing. So the other one I would look at is uh, Doughboy. Um, Never has war been depicted so happily.
1: Yeah, they do look kind of very really <laughs> chirpy, don't they? Considering they're <laughs> knee deep in the trenches, covered in sp- you know, is Merrily holding aloft there about nine hundred
0: ton of TNT, which would blow a crater <laughs>
2: yeah. the size
1: of a city where he stood right now
2: well
0: uh, is he trying to shield himself so there's a guy they're in some cre- there's, I, it, it, this is essentially no man's land by the looks of it in world war one probably um there's, yeah. a, there's yeah. a guy trying to a massive bundle of uh dynamite um there's another guy next to him with what's looking holding up like a a, a, a gray package of some sort I, I can only assume he might be trying to protect himself if he doesn't throw that dynamite uh, there's another couple of people in the um, who I'm worried about in the foxhole bef- uh, in front of them. who are probably going to get that dynamite on their head. Yeah. Um, um, and and it's the mixture of graphical styles. You got this cartoony smoke. There's this tank in the top left. Just, yeah. yeah. I it's I don't it's a, it's I a, I don't know. It's like oh make war fun. <laughs> make yeah. make you know make the trenches of, of 1915 into some kind of you Know jolly hoot,
1: well, yeah, because even the <laughs> opening paragraph there says, Um, it's time to hit the trenches for a fun filled contest of bravery yeah. and tactics. <laughs> you know, I don't think anyone's ever described anything to do with World War One or any war for that matter as a no. fun filled contest of bravery. Um, something tells me that it's uh, and I suspect, um, it's probably not very accurate, and of course, you know, it's got that all uh, that whole. Flag waving mentality as well, you know. You've it's, it's you know us versus the Germans, uh, very dad's army kind of idea, and you know.
0: And they are the, 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 the deemed to pair it as well with Quasimodo as well, which is funny. I guess that just is outright bizarre. <laughs> we, we, I, <laughs> well, we've looked we've looked at Quasimodo in the a bit previous ones, but yeah, but pairing them two is uh, it just seems weird. weird. You got a you know fun
1: filled World War One trenches simulator and a Quasimodo hanging from a bell. Um, really <laughs> weird combination. Really weird, and what a strange name for the game, Doughboy. But there you go. Uh,
0: I think well, I th- that, that, that does mean something. that does really uh, Does escape be, me. Must I do, be a I do war know, thing. Know, yeah, it does. It does actually mean something, Doughboy, in a war war sense. But uh, I don't know what. Um, and I think on that on that note, I think to, uh, we're gonna we're gonna say say for this part. Is that right? I think we'll finish there. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we've reviewed a, a, a nine-game sort of thing. We'll be back uh, in the next episode uh, with part two um, of uh, issue three of, of ZAP uh, for July 95. We'll be looking at uh, some more games. We're going to be looking at games such as Entombed, which got a gold medal. Uh, we'll be looking at Gribbles Day Out, which was a sizzler. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, Boulder Dash 2, again, a sizzler sort of thing uh we'll also be looking at and wondering and probably um having a little bit of discussion on hunchback at the olympics um and why oh why oh why there were so many hunchback games around at this time um what is it hunchbacks (laughs) i don't know we'll we'll maybe have a discussion about that next time so uh thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week thank you
1: for listening to the zap to the past podcast we hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games as well as the music, sights, sounds and news from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap64 magazine, published at the time. We will be back next week with another podcast, so do please join us. Until then, please head over to zaptothepast.com to sign up to our email list as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You will also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under Zap to the Past. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast
2: is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe and see you next time.